Motorsport 411 presents all the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411 with Sean Cartavillis. Welcome to Motorsport 411, your home for all your four and two-wheel action in Africa. Coming up in this episode, we continue our build-up to the 2023 WRC Safari Rally. We speak to the chairman of the local organizing committee, Carl Tundo, who's placed a surprise entry in the event. And we catch up with legend Ann Tate, who entered the Safari Rally 11 times. All the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411. Welcome to the show. So the WRC Safari Rally is set for the 22nd to the 25th of June. The chairman of the local organizing committee, Carl Tunder, has placed a surprise entry in the event. The five-time Safari Rally winner will be in the Rally 2 category with his regular navigator, Tim Jessup, and they'll be competing in the Skoda. I asked Tunder for his reasoning for entering the event. Well, uh, so it's also my, mine and Tim's 20th uh, edition, and we just felt that it would be sad not to be able to do the 70th and 20th edition. I remember when we were celebrating the 60th, but 70th is, is really special. Um, so yeah, I got, I got the approval from, uh, the CS to be able to enter. So I went ahead and to see if I could put it together and we've managed. Yeah. Um, you've got the approval from the CS, uh, in terms of you being an organizer and also rallying, um, are, are there any, uh, permissions or anything you need from the FIA in regards to that? So through the clerk of the course, I've, uh, I, I've written for permission and, uh, he's granted it. So it's, it's on the basis that I don't go around the route, which as a chairman, you actually don't need to, to do because you're, you're providing oversight to the whole organizational team who get on and, um, deliver it. So, so I don't see any, any, uh, conflicts of interest. Um, I always suggested that on accepting the post as chairman, that if I got the chance to do it, that it wouldn't be an issue. And that was always on the basis of accepting the role. So, uh, I'm, s let me tell you, I'm so excited about, uh, about doing it. Yeah. And from your role as chairman, uh, to when you compete, um, how do you juggle the two? As a chairman, you, you hopefully everything that is on my to-do list, my uh, mandate, is done by the time the safari comes to play. So potentially making a speech here or on there, but ultimately I'll be there and, and, uh, on site, but I will hand over to my vice chairman, um, any roles that are specific to the actual event. But as an LOC, we should have been done and the secretariat should have taken over and run with this. Finally, uh, just tell us about the car you're entering, uh, and also sponsorship. So I am lucky enough to be driving a, an, a Skoda R5, um, which I've never driven before. So hopefully I get to test it beforehand. Um, and thanks with huge support to Betika, we've managed to, to put it together. So, um, yeah, it's, it's in an R5. It gives me the potential to do quite well. Um, and I will try and, yeah, try and make everyone proud and try and add to my add to my success on the safari. I'm sure you'd love it to be wet. I would love it. I'm just, I can't wait. If, it, if it's wet, that'll be, yeah, a dream come true. 
So that's the five-time Safari Rally winner and chairman of the local organizing committee, Carl Tundo. We'll be back. All the four- and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411. So welcome back. Now, Antaith is a legend of the Safari Rally, having entered the event 11 times. Now, there are a number of anniversaries this year, 70 years of the Safari Rally, 50 years of the WRC and 20 years of KCB. I asked Anne for her thoughts on those anniversaries. Yeah, it's a, it's a long time and a lot of anniversaries and amazing that the safari is still going, which is, is great that it's still there, although it's very different from how it used to be. But changes we have to live with. Uh, let's go back to the beginning of your career. Uh, how did you get into motorsport? Um, we were in Malaysia when I got involved with some people there and they had uh, Mini Cooper S's and um, a friend of mine asked me if I'd like to drive his car. It was just on the road, road racing really, but it got quite fun. And I sort of got bitten then by the bug and, you know, then we left Malaysia. We came to, to Tanzania and then I heard about the East African Safari Rally. And that was incredible, you know, to be there. And I saw the first safari, I was out watching, and I was totally amazed by that. So, you know, one thing led to another. So here I am today, and I've done 10 or 11 safari rallies. And uh, it's really been amazing. That was what year? Well, the first safari was in 71, uh, with Anne McCarty, I did that. Uh, 72 up to, I think it was 76 or 7 with Sylvia. Then I did one with uh, Farouk Yusuf. I did one with Don Hall. And that took us up to, I think it was 85, 84 or 85, my last one that I did. Uh, just tell us about uh, the challenges uh, in the 70s, uh, first of all, of, you know, rallying in those days. Well, in those days, um, Yes, you could do the safari, but you had to have an ordinary car. Uh, it was very difficult to get competition parts. And uh, so you'd buy, um, we bought a second hand. Well, the first car was my own car, actually. It was a road car, that's in 1600. We bought this amazing Japanese suspension, put on the sump guard, a roll cage and so on. And we did the safari. So in 70, uh, we got to halfway stage, but we had an alternator problem, which couldn't be solved. So the next year we bought, I uh, did it with Sylvia, we bought a Datsun 1600 from DT Doby, I think, and put in the suspension, and the engine, gearbox, everything was standard and the, the rear axle and so on. But we were still fairly competitive and we enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it just one thing led to another. But it was amazing. You're most famous for being uh, with Sylvia. How, how did you meet up with Sylvia? I met Sylvia at a training rally, I think it was, as, as we used to have in those days. And um, she had her car and I had my car. And uh, then we actually we were going to do the safari in um, 71 um, with different people. She had her car and I had mine. and. Uh, we did the recce together because our navigators or our partners couldn't do the, the recce. So Sylvia and I did the whole safari together 
um, and we thought we might make a good team. So um, that's why after that, we started rallying together. And um, yeah, it wasn't all roses to start with because um, I wasn't a very good navigator and I thought she wasn't that great a driver. So anyway, we got ourselves sorted out and then I stayed the driver and she navigated and then we went on to greater things. As an all-women's uh, crew, uh, what, what sort of challenges did you have in those days? Um, well, it, it wasn't like it is now, you know. Now, if you're a woman and you can be given all kinds of opportunities, we just fought for every nut and bolt that we got. And um, sometimes uh, we were not uh, all that popular amongst the men. I think they thought we were silly dollies, you know. And, um, but anyway, they grew to get a respect for us when they saw that we could actually put up a bit of a fight. And, uh, but it was challenging, I must say. And we got absolutely no support from factory or, you know, we got our own sponsor. We got Lady Gay Cosmetics from Boot Company and uh, other private uh, companies that supported us. Who was your service crew in those days? Uh, well, we had good friends, you know, um, Swedish family, and uh, he was a mechanic, a real genius, and he was a great asset. And there was Don Hall, very big guy, who actually did the safari with one year, and uh, very supportive people who really cared about us and what we did and how we did it. Um, so through the years, there have been really good friends and, and some real mechanics as well. You could say the safari was having a transition in that decade, in the 70s, uh, when the Europeans now started coming in, uh, started winning the, the, the safari for the first time uh, before it was dominated by the locals. Uh, how, how big was the safari in those days? Well, the safari was always big, I think, since the overseas people started to come, Nissan came and, and, and so on. And in 1972, Mikola won the safari for the first time and uh, I think that really sparked things because up till now they didn't think they could win you know the teams and they now realize so I think it was adding fuel to the fire now and it sure worked you know then we got Marlboro and we got all these sponsors we got these fantastic cars who would come with the overseas drivers so that was then the beginning of how it's really now Tell us about the safari. It was really, really big. It was one of the events of the year for Kenya, you know, being held over Easter. Uh, how, how, how big was it in those days? Well, for Kenya, it was huge. The whole country would come to a standstill. And everybody knew about the safari. And there was Joginda, you know, um, watching people that they liked and uh, local people. And yes, everybody knew. Everybody was out at night watching the safari, taking their tent and their food with them, went camping. The locals were out in huge numbers. It was amazing. It really was absolutely incredible. And the challenges of driving, you know, how tough was it in those days? You know, you're driving during the day. There was night driving as well. How, how tough was it for you? I was wondering now, why on earth did I do this? It was quite painful, really. Day and night we were driving, but it was so enjoyable. And it got into your blood. 
and uh, you just couldn't stop doing it. But uh, at night, you were very tired when you drove, you know, one time I said to Sue, I think there's a pink baby on the road there. No, 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 she says it's a giraffe. <laughs> you know? So uh, it was very tiring, and especially as we had a slow car, we didn't have a, a very fast rally car, um, we got very little sleep. We got maybe a couple of hours, and we were talking five days here, we had a few hours of sleep in five days. And then you were so tired, you couldn't sleep. So it was really, really difficult. But when you got to the end, uh, that, that was a huge moment. You know, you actually made it and you, you realized what you'd put behind you. So amazing. I'm sure you had a lot of memories, uh, you know, with, with your 11 safaris. Uh, any, any memories you can tell us about? Anything that stands out for you? Uh, well, I think the, the early years were the better ones, especially the ones we finished. Um, we actually finished three, but only, only qualified as a finisher in one. Um, I have many, many moments. For instance, with Farouk Yusuf, we was, got stuck in the Titans. This was in the Opal, and we had great hopes we should do really well. And um, we had got the engine done at Cosworth. They shipped it out, and they hadn't tightened the crankshaft pulley properly. So when we were up in the Titans, it came out, and the pulley moved forward into the fan. And it just so happened to be in a village which I gather was full of uh, compromised people. And they were all flocking in on us when we were out there trying to sort the car out. And luckily, Farouk was a big guy, so he was able to sort of keep people away. Um, can't remember, I think they actually came and towed us down to the tarmac eventually. But I mean, it was way too late. So that was a bit of a disappointing time. Otherwise, uh, during this far, we had, of course, a lot of uh, very good rallies during the season as well, not just the safari, where we had been leading the rallies and so on, uh, like the one at the uh, one in Cheringani's. We were quite far ahead and broke something, and that was it. But this was the problem with the car. Now it was a fairly standard car. Uh, in the, the Datsun days. And as we got faster, uh, we drove faster and the standard parts weren't able to keep up. So the differential would pack up and the gearbox would pack up and so on, and the engine as well. So, but but we have a lot of good memories. And you're mentioning like Charangani, uh, there, there's some spectacular routes as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what would stand out for you? Uh, any particular sections? Uh, well, the last rally that I did uh, in the Opal, that was my last proper rally I did with Mike Doughty. And um, we were doing really well there, but we had to stop. We had a puncture and uh, we lost, I think, six, seven, eight minutes on that. And we were really chasing Shekhar quite, quite well. Uh, but th that was uh, very, very demanding sections there, you know. And places like fluoroscarp, uh, escarpment and things like that, very, very demanding on time. You know, you're mentioning some names, uh, you know, from Waldegard. Uh, we had the likes of Shekhar Joginder Singh. You know, you're very fortunate to meet many, many drivers. Uh, you know, who, 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 from your point of view, uh, first of all, let's talk about mentoring. Uh, 
Who would you see as your mentor, uh, you know, during your early days? Uh, early days, well, we had uh, maybe Joginder Singh and we had his nephew, Balbir. I gather he's still around. We got some very good advice from them and, uh, and many others. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Who used to go with Bo Shanklin, uh, Bo Shanklin, Chris Fryer. They were always helpful there. Uh, into the 80s, of course, you know, I mean, possibly some of the, the biggest safaris in those days as well. Uh, you know, fr from your point of view, how memorable were they then? Well, it, it was the beginning of how it is today. And, um, uh, you know, they got more and more competitive, more and more expensive. The cars were more and more sophisticated. So it just got more and more difficult to be able to compete, to afford it. And also... Uh, you can't afford to buy these expensive cars. So what do you do? You mentioned Mike Doughty, uh, not only spectacular as a navigator, but also as a you know head of the Safari Rally. Um, you, uh, what, what do you remember of him? He, he's obviously still around. Uh, what, Mike Doughty? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did the Safari there and we did the, uh, the, the last rally that I did. And uh, it, he was a very good organizer. Uh, and he organized several of the safaris, uh, very good routes, very good notes, you know, so. Only 25, less than half the starters, make it through the car-breaking first sector. As the last survivors limp home this morning, the leaders take off on day two of the 38th Safari Rally. Another day of drama and surprises in what top drivers say is the toughest event ever. We're speaking exclusively to Safari Rally legend Ann Taith. We'll be back. All the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411. Welcome back. We're speaking exclusively to Safari Rally legend Ann Taith. I asked Ann about the Kenya National Rally Championship where she won a couple of events with Sylvia King. They were known as the Super Queens. Yes, we did. Uh, we won two. And then we have many seconds, thirds and fourths uh, in the beautiful Opalus Kona, which now had uh, all the power we needed. It had the reliability. Well, it was a works car without the support, but we still managed. Um, we did very well with that and uh, really got to understand how uh, it really was to rally competitively uh, at the edge, you know. And uh, learning a lot, um, rally by rally, we got faster and faster. And uh, until one fine day, we needed a new rear axle. And that was going to cost 50,000 shillings, which was a lot of money in 1985, and sold the car, which was another big mistake. We should have just hung on to it. But it was a lot to do with money. How stiff was the competition in those days? Oh, very stiff. They were all there. You know, all the top guys uh, in the local rallies, yeah. Uh, just mention some names, uh, you know, there's the likes well, of... Well, Shekhar is one, of course. Uh, you have Basil Criticos, another one. Jack no, Jack Simonian, he was earlier on. And uh, so, Preston Jr., I would assume? Yes, he was. Yes, in fact, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were chasing him once in the... Uh, he had a... Uh, 
pickup or something like that. Mm. And uh, yes, so he was one of those uh, very competitive people and um, fun to, to race against them in a good car. Um, you, you had the car. Uh, how did you manage to acquire the Opel Ascona in those days? Um, we got it via um, Sarinda Tati, who was the sort of go-between and uh, arranged to buy it. We sadly lost the safari in 2002. How much of a blow was it in those days? Well, um, it was quite a blow, I think. Uh, it was a silly thing to happen because we were really on a, on a, a ride, you know. Um, so we had this unfortunate long, long break now, um, which we still managed to get different sponsors for, to run the safari and so on. But I did think it was quite a blow. It would have gone well if we had carried on with the, being a championship rally, the FIA. Do you think the organizers took it for granted, you know, having the safari there, you know, thinking that we would never lose it? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? You know, it was one of those things. What was the reason they forgot, forgot to pay their fee or something like that? Couldn't uh, maybe afford it? Who knows? Rallying then went through a little bit of a transition. Uh, we had KCB come on board in 2003, uh, celebrating, of course, uh, 20 years this year in motorsport. Uh, that really sort of kept motorsport going in those days, huh? Yeah, KCB was a huge benefit to the Safari and still is. Uh, they've been the most incredible of sponsors for so many years now and still on board. And uh, I hope they keep going and I hope they'll be treated really well to be encouraged now to continue it's also been very good for them of course they must have a lot of new uh, account holders and um, everybody knows who kcb is the safari rally returning in 2021 uh, it was supposed to be back in 2020 of course we had covid uh, this is now the third event uh, of the safari rally back in the wrc uh, what, what are your thoughts on the format of the current uh, championship it's incredibly exciting to watch. Uh, but you always think, my God, isn't this dangerous? Here you have basically Formula One cars with larger bodies driving on dirt roads. Um, and to me, it's not rallying as I know it, or as I knew it. Um, it's racing. And maybe they should call it Safari Race, not Safari Rally. Uh, but I think, you know, it has a big future because it's exciting and people love to sit at home and watch it on the television or on your mobile phone. So it's probably here to stay and to get even bigger and brighter. Unlike the old days, uh, it's pretty difficult. It's, you know, virtually impossible to acquire or to get a hold of a Rally One car. Um, you know, it's almost impossible for the locals to win the, you know, their own local event. Uh, what, what do you make of that? Well, it's kind of sad in a way, and um, yeah, it's it's a it's a matter of money. I mean, we have talent here, we have people who could, but um, uh, some of them have gone to Sweden and so on and, and been shown how they do things there, and and they've been given a lot of support, and the juniors they've been given cars and so on. I mean, the small R three has more 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 horsepower than our Opel Ascona had. So, um, yeah, it's, it's sad that 
you know, we can't have more locals who are driving these cars, but maybe, maybe in the future. Uh, you're involved, uh, you know, with organization. Uh, just tell us what, what you do with the Safari Rally. Uh, I'm doing uh, graphics and produce the banners, the artwork for the banners and so on. Um, and uh, banners and uh, flags and uh, everything that you see around when you go to the service parks and so on, I do on my computer. Um, and this is also together with Sylvia, who's very much uh, doing the branding and so on for, for the WRC. So that's, uh, I'm doing my bit that that way we've been seeing you at events uh, i guess we'll be seeing you at a, a lot more local land of course the safari rally uh, with your camera taking pictures yeah yes um because we used to produce these fire rally programs and the programs for the local rallies so it's very good to have your own up-to-date pictures and uh so we put together the whole program on the computer and uh, uh we'll be doing that for the uh, the classic all right. Uh, just a final word um, for the main people who have been in your life in terms of motorsport. Uh, you know, the likes of Sylvia, you know, your other navigators, uh, possibly anybody else you'd like to mention? Oh, well, there have been a lot of friends around over the years. It's many years ago since we really were, uh, were rallying. I mean, you're talking about 30, 40 years ago, you know, and those people, are, most of them are not even around anymore. So uh, bless them for wherever they are now. Um, so, but it's good to, to be involved. It's, it's nice to watch the rallies and see. I'd still like to do another rally, but uh, not the WRC one, uh, but maybe a classic one is more suited to, to my age and, and, and ability now. And Taith, uh, we hope to see you at a future classic. It would be lovely from a personal point of view to see you in action you know at least one more time but thank you so much for speaking to us on motorsport 411 yeah my pleasure sean thank you very much so that's safari rally legend and taith speaking exclusively to motorsport 411 we'll be back motorsports 411 with sean cardavillis so that's it for the show this week our thanks once again to carl tinder and Anne taith our thanks as always to Big City Studio. I'm Sean Carter-Villis. See you next week.